Hey, it's Clay. Welcome to another episode of the Money with Clay podcast. And today we are stepping into what I would consider uh, my wheelhouse, something that I put a lot of focus on and, and what my other business revolves around, and that is the stock market. And I'm not going to go too far into the weeds because some of these details you may just what, what does that even mean? What are you talking about? But the underlying components here, kind of those overarching you know, uh, ideas hold true, not only to obviously the specific case I'm talking about, but just life in general. And given this podcast is all about, hey, you know, let's just be successful in life. Let's build some wealth. Let's take our, you know, finances into our own control. And, you know, if you're if you're new to the show, when I say wealth, I'm not, I don't mean that in the sense of, hey, listen, you're, you're not successful unless you have a garage full of Lamborghinis and you have four vacation homes and you have a private jet. That's not the type of wealth I'm talking about. I'm just talking about wealth in terms of peace of mind. You sleep great at night because you're not stressed out about finances. You have freedom of time, which I, I think is the ultimate wealth to be able to do whatever you want with your time. That's what I mean. And when you see behaviors like I'm going to talk about here, I mean, I don't think you're going to be shocked at all to say, well, well, of course that was the outcome. What did you think the outcome was gonna be when you behave in that manner? Yet, I see it all the time, all over the place, and myself included. I catch myself doing it and I, I gotta take a step back, look in the mirror and just kinda say, wait a second, Clay. What, what, what exactly do you think will happen? Why would you be shocked if anything else happened than what is probably gonna happen if you keep on this pathway? So if I can persuade you to, maybe reassess the, some situations you're in or, or some choices you're making, then great. And like I said, I don't say any of this from a judgmental standpoint. I've done this before. Uh, who knows, maybe I'm doing it right now in, in some area of my life. But we always just need to be on, on guard for it. And that's really what I get across. So the article here comes from uh, CNBC and it's entitled, Short Sellers Make Nearly 300 Million betting against retail investors' favorite oil fund. Now, this is where I get it. Not everybody that listens to this is in the stock market, but all shorting means or short sellers, and it's a bizarre concept to hear, but believe it or not, in the financial markets, you can make money when prices go down. I get it. The, the typical thing is, wait, no, I, I thought it's buy low, sell high. That's true, but in the markets, you can make money when prices go down, and that is known as shorting, going short. And if you go short, you are known as a short seller, meaning you are attempting to make money from values, from prices that are going down. Crazy stuff, but totally possible. So to pick up with this article here, and so in, in other words, the, the title is suggesting that people made money, made over $300 million from a price going down. So to pick up the article here, as small investors pile into the risky and troubled United States oil fund, hedge funds are taking the other side of that trade and making a lot of money. So right there is, I think, I could probably do the whole podcast on just that statement. Now, as of right now, even if you just don't really care that much about the markets, but if you just cruise the headlines, I'm sure you're well aware oil is being demolished right now. I mean, crazy stuff going on, negative oil prices, just bizarre stuff. But in other words, the price of oil has gone way, way down. And as we just talked about, well, that would be good for a short seller. And what you have here is people that are entering the market, entering a situation, going up against some very, very wise people. And small investors, and then when you have hedge funds in the same exact sentence, a hedge fund is just, 
you know, that that's really what you think about when you think of Wall Street, investment banking. You know, you got all these hedge funds. All a hedge fund is, is people give their money to somebody else and says, hey, I believe you can manage my money. I believe you can grow my money in the markets better than I can. So I, I wanna give you my money. And so those people are, are, are smart. I mean, they don't always grow the money. But the idea here is that, you know, people are not gonna give other people millions upon millions of dollars if, if they don't have at least some sort of uh, confidence in that person. And part of that confidence is gonna come from, yeah, that, that person, that staff of people, they're, they're gonna be wise individuals. And that's what we have here. You have small investors going up against hedge funds. And as the article is saying, the hedge funds have been making a whole lot of money. So to keep, keep on going here, as the fund, which trades under the ticker USO, so that's just uh, you know the, the, the name of the, the oil fund here, plunged 75% in the last two months, those who bet against it by short selling pocketed hundreds of millions of dollars. So think about that. Oil, and this is just a form of you know oil, down 75%, which is a good, good thing for those short sellers. According to data from S3 Partners from February 27th to April 21st, short sellers went into overdrive. The firm said that over the two-month period, short sellers tripled their positions, ultimately pocketing around $286 million for a 110% return through Tuesday. As crude oil begins its historic tumble that sent prices plummeting below zero and into negative territory, bets against the, bets against the U.S. accelerated over the last week, short positioning in the fund rose by 10.9%. So here's the, uh, you know, the, here, that's the backdrop. So the USO is popular with retail investors. Retail investors just being you and I, right? We're not hedge funds. We're not working on Wall Street. We're just, we're just normal people. So this is who it's been popular with. And re so the USO is popular with retail investors and recent record inflows suggest that they might mistakenly believe the fund is a proxy for the spot or cash price of oil. But this has never been the mandate for the fund, which until this week tracked the front month or nearest West Texas Intermediate Futures contract. Now, I'm definitely not gonna go down that rabbit hole, but uh, to put that into English, retail investors, like I said, you and I, they were looking at this USO, this oil fund, as saying, hey, that, that, that's all about oil. So if oil goes up, I make money. If oil goes down, that thing will, 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 will go down. And on the surface, that's true, but there's more moving parts behind the scenes, which again, this, this, this is not hidden. This is not some sort of, well, we told the public one thing, but this is what's actually going on. No, it, it's all there for people to see. And you have a bunch of people thinking, Something is one thing when it's actually not. And, you know, the hedge funds, they, they definitely, they have been making a lot of money from that. So the learning lesson here and the big thing that just stood out is, I mean, are you doing that anywhere in your life? Are, are you sure that what you think you're doing or what your any sort of goal is? I mean, let's just assume and hope you have a goal. But are you sure that's actually what's going to come from it? Are you sure that those decisions you're making are going to be, well, what, what you think you should be making decisions towards. Like I said, no judgments for me. I, I've done it all the time. You know, you, you, you think, okay, yeah, yeah, but just maybe do a little bit more research. Maybe do a little bit more consideration. Or in this situation, 
and I want I'll go through the next par paragraph here, uh, but in this situation, maybe just slow down a little bit. Maybe just stop rushing. So USO was the most bought name Tuesday on Robinhood, a free stock trading app that attracted roughly 10 million mostly millennial users. By Wednesday, it was among the top 30 most held names on Robinhood, according to the startup. Now, Robinhood, as it just said, one of these platforms where, like I said, if you're a millennial, if you're a younger person, I'm sure you've heard of Robinhood. If you've had at you know any interest at all in the markets, you've probably heard of Robinhood. But Robinhood just basically means people brand new to the market. People that, oh, okay, you know, that they have the nice YouTube videos and the ads where they imply, hey, you can do everything from your phone. And don't get me wrong, I am all for younger people. I am all for everybody getting involved in the stock market. That's great. Talked about that many times before. That is fantastic. I'm all for it. But, and here's a learning lesson. There is always that fine line between, yeah, that's great, you're getting into the, the, the markets, but make sure you are doing it properly. Make sure you have an actual strategy. And as it may seem, well, no, Clay, my strategy is oil has gotten you know beat down and the prices will go back up. So therefore, I'm gonna get in USO because that's an oil fund. That's too simple. That's too simplified. And those people are getting absolutely roasted now because they oversimplify the process. Now that's a, a, a two-sided coin. You also don't wanna make this rocket science. You don't wanna overcomplicate it, but there is more to anything in life than just oversimplifying it. And that's what I, like I said, need to be very aware of is, am I, am I oversimplifying this? And I'm always trying to double check myself. And I would encourage you to do the same thing. Are you sure you're not oversimplifying whatever you're trying to do? And if you run an, you know, run an audit on your, on your strategy or on your goals or on you know, whatever you're trying to accomplish, maybe you say, okay, yeah, everything does look good. A couple weeks ago, I had an, uh, a podcast titled Tear It Apart. And in that, it was actually um, Ray Dalio, who is a hedge fund owner. So one of these guys that is probably making a bunch of money from this, but his whole thing is, hey, you know what? Let me, let me share my ideas. Let me share my thoughts. And he gives it to, it was like two or three other people that he respects. And then he says, please tear this apart. Or in other words, he's saying, can you make sure that I'm not oversimplifying? Can you make sure that I don't have any blind spots? And here we have a perfect example of that. If these people on Robinhood would have said, hey, here's what I'm thinking. I'm thinking oil is, you know, been dropping a whole lot and I think of oil will eventually go back up. So therefore, I'm gonna put some money into this oil fund. Somebody would have said, whoa, 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 whoa. That, that's not, I, I can understand why you would see that. I can understand why you would think that that's where you should put your money because of oil. But actually, the way this you know, USO operates is this, that, and the other. And like I said, I'm not gonna go into the, the nitty gritty details. But point is, is if they would have, ask somebody to tear apart their idea, if they would have just considered, hey, you know what? Maybe I need to double check a few things there. They could have avoided the disaster that's been going on right now. There are people losing all kinds of money in USO. And you know, when you have Robinhood saying, yeah, we got roughly 10 million users, mostly millennial. And you know, that, that most of it, or a lot of you know, the, the people are in this USO, there are people getting destroyed on it and it could have been avoided. 
once again, I'm not calling those people stupid because what they're doing, I mean, it makes sense. But sometimes you gotta dig a little bit more. Sometimes you can't oversimplify things and you gotta be aware of things. So on SoFi Invest, another trading platform used mostly by traders under 40, USO was, quote, by far the most, or by far the highest volume security on Tuesday and Wednesday, meaning just another, an, an app designed for uh, traders and here, you know, under 40 years old, by far the highest volume, meaning there's a ton of people getting involved with it. And then it says, uh, short selling is a practice used by sophisticated investors like hedge funds. It involves, yeah, we won't go into that. Um, so Heyman Capital Management CIO, Kyle Bass has been warning investors about the damage of exchange traded funds that track oil prices and said he was short some of these funds. So I, I commend this person, at least he's saying, listen, you might wanna consider what you're doing because I'm currently doing the exact opposite and I'm gonna make money because I realize most people probably won't listen to me. But So I mean, at least this person was flat out warning people, yet he knew that, yeah, you can offer up warnings, but some people, just because either they're not they're not looking to be educated or they're not considering that maybe their plan is oversimplified. I mean, people are still gonna do what they're gonna do. But he says, retail has been, plow so again, retail meaning just average people, you and I. Retail has been plowing into these oil contracts thinking they're buying spot crude oil when they're buying the next front month. Again, just don't worry about that. So they're paying $22 a barrel when the spot price, uh, when the spot market's negative, $38. Retail investors are going to get fleeced if they continue to fly into these oil ETFs. Fleeced like a sheep, which is my core point. Don't be a sheep. Don't just randomly follow stuff. Don't just randomly do stuff. Put a little bit more consideration into it. Like I said, there's always that fine line between oversimplifying and then just flat out turning something into rocket science when it doesn't need to be rocket science. But there is that point where you need to always be on the search. I'm not saying it's gonna be perfect all the time. Who knows, maybe you'll never reach perfect. Maybe you'll never get to the point where you're like, yeah, I definitely went through that as best as I could and I've covered all angles. And this is, I'm not saying that you're ever gonna be able to reach that point, but at least make an effort. And when you make an effort, little things can show up. And again, in this situation, this was, a, a very easy thing to avoid. Had those people just stopped and thought, you know what? Let me ask some people that know what they're doing. Which brings me to my final point. Who are you surrounding yourself with? You gotta surround yourself with quality people if any of this is gonna work. Because I can guarantee you, I mean, just take a cruise around social media or anything that has anything to do with the stock market and you're gonna see a bunch of sheep followed by other sheep and then it becomes an echo chamber and all they're doing is saying, oh yeah, this is a great idea. Oil's, there's no way oil can remain this low for this long. It'll go back up, go USO. And then I'm, and then you know, I as a sheep saying, all right, well, yeah, I had the same thought. Oil is way down, oil will go back up. Let's go with USO. And the problem is, yeah, you are technically asking people to tear it apart. You know, you're asking people to give you criticism or give you feedback on your plan. But if you're asking other sheep that don't know what they're doing, then how are you supposed to get the feedback that you you need and that you want? And I, I realize that this seems like it should be common sense. Well, of course, Clay. Why would you ask somebody that doesn't know anything what you should be doing or what their thoughts are on your on your plan? But it happens 
all the time. And here is a real life example of how it can happen. You have people that uh, show up and they, they just, when you don't know what you don't know, things can get very, very tricky. So whether, you know, so for example, just to try to bring this into real life, if I was searching for a job and I was like, all right, you know, I, I want to have a solid application. I want to nail the interview process. Um, and, you know, I have my thoughts. I, I think this is how I'm going to go about it. But I, I definitely could be wrong. Okay, so do, do I, iron sharpens iron. Do I, do I know anybody? Why, well, yes, I do. The first person I would ask is my brother-in-law who works for Google. In other words, he works for like probably the, the most popular, if not, it's got to be top five, right? Top five companies in the world that people want to work for. In other words, they get, they get a whole lot of job applications, yet he got through the process. He got hired and works for Google. So you know what? That's somebody I'm going to ask. Like, hey, you know what? What do you think? These are my thoughts. This is my resume. This is how I plan on uh, approaching and, you know, the, the interview. I mean, I, am I stupid? Tear it apart. Like, let me know where, I, where am I going wrong? What suggestions do I have? So I have that person. Or let's just say I'm like, you know what? I'm going to go ask this person that's been rejected from McDonald's, Burger Kings, and Starbucks and uh, is, is, is currently living in their parents' basement at age 35. I mean, would it make any sense for me to ask that person? Of course it wouldn't. But think, think before you just go and start to take advice or ask people about certain things. Iron sharpens iron. So this is why time after time after time on the, on the show, I'm always talking about you gotta sound, surround yourself with quality people. You gotta surround yourself. You don't wanna put yourself in a situation where it's an echo chamber of victim cards and excuses and self-pity. You wanna surround yourself with people that can help you make progress and just give you some momentum in life. So hopefully this all made sense. Like I said, I was a little hesitant when you get short selling and you know spot prices of oil, but I think I, think I did a good job of kind of tying it back to just more so the, the broader lessons and overarching ideas here. But yeah, get out there, have plans, but make sure they're not too over oversimplified and make sure you have people that actually know what they're doing, look them over and give you good criticism, good feedback. And that's really how you keep the momentum going in the direction that you want it to get going. So get out there and yeah, get going. Thank you so much for hanging out and listening. Before I go, I wanna just make your attention to a few things. First off, if you enjoyed the show, then make sure to help us out in the iTunes, especially if you could leave us a rating, that goes a long way and just assists me in getting the word out there. And I, I genuinely would appreciate it. Second, if you find yourself either in debt or just feeling like your, your personal finances are kind of out of control or could be much more efficient, then I would encourage you to go to moneywithclay.com and check out the slab money method. That is the course that I put together as a former process engineer that outlined every single step, step by step by step with documentation, with forms to fill out, that'll put you on the path, the exact path I used to pay off $163,000 of debt and get myself to the point where not only am I debt free, but I am now able to build wealth and build wealth in an efficient uh, manner. So if you're curious and interested in that, again, moneywithclay.com and that is the slab money method. And no, this is not all some massive sales pitch when I say that it works, it truly does. And I back that up with more than words. My action behind those words is that course comes with a one year money back guarantee. So if you try it out and you're not making any progress, you're not seeing any progress, 
then I will refund you the cost of the course, which is very minimal to begin with. And then finally, make sure to check us out on social media, Facebook, Instagram, just look up for Money With Clay and you will see us there. Again, thanks for hanging out. I'll see you back next episode.